How do you feel about talking about yourself? Well, today you'll learn how to brag with class. Do you want to do what you want? Do you want better money? Welcome to Dream Job Radio. This show's theme, Self-Promotion 101. Hi, this is Daniel Laxton's. And this is Leah Laxton's. And this is the Dream Job Radio Show, presented by 30careers.com. Remember to go to dreamjobradio.tv where you can click and learn more about all of our upcoming shows and guests. And most importantly, you can leave us a comment. Let us know what you want to see on the show. If you have any questions, feel free to tweet me at Daniel Laxtons. That's D-A-N-I-E-L-L-A-K-S-T-I-N-S. Or you can also tweet Leah at Leah Laxtons. Again, today's theme is Self-Promotion 101. We're featuring Lizzie Shaw. Now, Lizzie Shaw has had a long career in show business as a TV executive. And because of this, it gave her the perfect springboard into the PR business. In addition to fashion, beauty, home, and lifestyle PR, Lizzie has also launched the Ask Lizzie Group Coaching Teleseminar Series, as well as a PR 101 course and hourly consulting coaching packages that help entrepreneurs, service providers, and small businesses successfully launch their own PR marketing campaigns. Be sure to check out Lizzie's uh, website at lizzieshawpr.com. And also you can follow her on Twitter, which is, again, Lizzie Shaw PR. And so we'd like to say, Lizzie, welcome to the show. Well, hi, you guys. Thanks so much for having me on. Well, we're so excited to have you on. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but now, so you, what, a, what a nice career that you've had. But can you tell us a little bit more about what you're doing as far as PR there in, in Los Angeles? Well, uh, I am a small boutique PR firm, and on a monthly retainer basis, I specialize in clients in the fashion, beauty, home, and lifestyle area, but I also do a lot of teaching, coaching, and consulting, and I work with entrepreneurs, small businesses, launchers, service providers, people like that who may not have the thousands of dollars a month yet. <laughs> to pay for the full, pay for the full services of a, of a retainer PR person, but they do need to learn how to promote themselves and their business or their product or service. So uh, I work with them. I teach a twice a month teleseminar class, or I do hourly coaching, or I teach a PR one on one class. Wow, that's wow. fantastic! As a matter of fact, I was thinking though uh, this is about self promotion. Yeah, uh, but hey. Maybe we should talk after the show, don't we? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So tell us a little more about how you got started in this crazy uh, PR business. Well, I was a TV movie producer and executive for my whole career. Wow. And then I left the business in 2000 to work for Deepak Chopra for a year, building all the content for a, a website. They hired four TV producers to do that. And then, huh. like many other websites, we went down in the dot-com crash, and my sister at the time was a big handbag designer, and she had just fired her publicist and had a big trade show in New York. And so she said, Lizzie, I want you to come do my PR for me. And I said, well, I don't know anything about doing PR. And she was so funny. She said, well, if you can sell all those crappy TV movies all these years, <laughs> you can sell my gorgeous handbags. So she took me to New York with her. I got her appointments at every huge magazine, dragged everybody into our trade show booth, and turned out to be a really good publicist. And I got her 57 press placements the first year I worked for her, which is a lot. Wow, yeah. And 
and that's how I got started. And, and so I've been a publicist ever since. Wow, that is really awesome. That's a really cool story. Well, we know we're talking about self-promotion, and that that's you're going to share some some secrets with us today to how again maybe maybe entrepreneurs just starting out how they can really make make a name for themselves uh, with maybe a low low budget on the low budget as we like to say. So you know sometimes people have a hard time when they're thinking about self-promotion because they think maybe they're bragging. So is bragging in, 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 even culturally? Some people feel that bragging um, is wrong. It's, it's a yeah, bad thing. Yeah. So how how can maybe somebody overcome that? And how does I guess self promotion equate with bragging? Is bragging really bad? Well, you guys, this is a really great question. As a matter of fact, I've I've taught um, lectures called "How to Blow Your Own Horn" because I, I think we it. are we are, and particularly women, by the way, are taught not to talk about themselves or not to brag, as you were saying. Mm -hmm. And I think what people need to understand is there really is a distinction between talking about yourself and your business and bragging. And a lot of that comes from where you're coming from as a person. So if you're coming from a place of informing somebody, so for example, if I meet you at a cocktail party and somebody says, what do you do? It's really important for any kind of entrepreneur or service provider or anybody out there in the business world, for that matter, to be able to say who they are and what they do. And I'm sure you guys have heard the expression elevator pitch. And so for those of you who are listening who don't know what an elevator pitch is, that's being able to tell somebody about you and your business in the tiny amount of time it would take as if you were in an elevator with them. Mm-hmm. So you want to find a way to talk about yourself and your business in probably less than three sentences. And it's really important to be able to distill what you do down to that because once you get that down and you feel comfortable making that little elevator speech about yourself, what you realize is you're just telling people about who you are and what you do. And at that point, that's not bragging. I do think if you say – like. You know what, listen, I think I'm a really good publicist, <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and I do know how to blow my own horn a little bit about that, but I do think it's it's different to say, I think I'm a good publicist, I think I do a good job for my clients. That's different than saying, oh my God, you guys, I am the greatest publicist that ever lived. That's mm-hmm. bragging. I believe it, I- though. Lizzie, I believe it. <laughs> <laughs> well, of course, it's true. But no. <laughs> I do think if you're coming from a place of trying to sound superior or from a place where you're trying to sound like no one else can do what you do, I think that can make people sort of uncomfortable because let's face it, in the business world, um, if you're a financial advisor, well, there are millions of financial advisors out there. So to say I'm the greatest one that ever lived just smacks of self-aggrandizement. So I do think a lot of it the difference, you know, the difference between bragging and just reasonably and rationally talking about yourself and your business, as I said earlier, just has to do with where you're coming from as a person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe uh, when it, people say that, oh, I have this client and I've had that client and I've had, I've done this, you know, is different than saying that. Uh, well, you know, I've been able to handle uh, clients, you know, that that you know, run a lot of money or would have, you know. Yeah, I think a lot, we can take a lot even from the way that you introduced your firm on the show today, you know. You told us exactly what you do and what you've been a success at, 
but nobody would think that, oh, wow, well, she really... She's you know, into herself. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it, d- defining the elevator speech down to um, what what your a person's accomplishments have been, then I guess you'd say in three sentences or less, what they do, what you've accomplished. And, you know, we all know the difference between when it sounds like somebody's really haughty and when they just are saying, hey, this is what I've accomplished. And I'm pretty good at what I do. Yeah, yeah. Well, yes, but but also know that in an elevator speech, that doesn't necessarily encompass what you have accomplished. Ah. Uh, I mean, to me, an elevator speech is, hi, I'm Susie Jones. I'm a lawyer. I specialize in family law and divorce cases. Okay, so that tells people who you are and what you do, but you're not putting any kind of value on that. Or, um, you know, hi, I'm Susie Jones. I'm a financial planner, and I like to work primarily with women and help them get their retirement in shape. Or, you know, I mean, I'm just standing head. But basically it's a factual presentation of who you are and what you do. And the nice thing about that is it's emotionally neutral. Ah. So that's part of how the speaker can feel like they're not bragging. And and listen, sometimes it is important to name drop, but I do want to be clear that there's a – and again, this comes from where you are coming from. If you're saying, I only work with the biggest celebrities in the world, well, sometimes that can be off-putting, but if you say, uh, I'm a I'm – a, Let's see. What's some so somebody who would naturally work with celebrities may, might be a makeup artist. So mm-hmm. if you were introducing yourself and saying, "Hi, I'm Susie Jones. I'm a makeup artist, and I work with a lot of actors in movies and television." Some of my clients are, you know, let's just pick some names, right? Julia Roberts, Will Smith, and Leonardo DiCaprio, just to pick three huge names. Mm-hmm. I honestly think if you're a makeup artist and you're working with those three people. Sometimes it's okay to drop those names because you're letting people know right away that you really are top of the class yeah. in a certain way. Or So in that same way, you can say, um, I'm a financial analyst and I've worked with five Fortune 500 companies. Mm. And so that would be, you could still say that as part of just your, hey, hi, this, you know. I'm so-and-so, and this is what I do, and I've worked with these Fortune 500 companies. Would, would you kind of sort of include that in the elevator speech, or would that be something later in conversation? Well, if I'm at a networking event, one of the things about networking events, for everyone who's listening to keep in mind, the point of a networking event is for everybody to know who you are and what you do. That's right. why there's so I think in those instances, your your elevator speech might have a little bit more information because everybody's trying to figure out, are you somebody they need to get to know mm-hmm. or not? Or, I mean, not to make it so cut and dry because maybe people want to meet you and like you. I mean, or meet you and know you because you're nice. And or cute. Can... <laughs> Sorry? Or, or, or cute, yeah. <laughs> That's always a good one, too. But... You do want to make sure that people know right away who you are and what you do. I I actually just did a blog post about this because I've been speaking at a bunch of events lately. And I do think a lot of the time people are much too shy about saying who they are and what they do. So I was just at a big networking event in Hollywood, and there were about 150 people there. And with many of the women with whom I was speaking, you literally had to pry the information out. And you guys who are listening, make it easy for people to know who you are and what you do. Also have a lot of business cards with you, by the way. 
And my other recommendation is on your name tag, have your first and last name. Ah. Because there are a lot of Susies out there in the world. And maybe there aren't that many Lizzie's out there. But if somebody sees Lizzie Shaw on a name tag, well, that might be somebody who's been following me on Twitter or they've seen me at an event or they've, you know, they like me on Facebook or whatever it is. They know who I am as a publicist and they're there to meet me and either see if I can work with them or if they, you know, whatever it is. So I want people to know that it's me that they're meeting. So people have to learn to not be so shy about letting people know who they are. I think it's really important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you're listening to the Dream Job Radio Show. Our special guest today is Lizzie Shaw, uh, as it says on her name badge. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and Lizzie, Lizzie, uh, Lizzie is a uh, the founder of Li- Ask Lizzie, a group. A coaching tele-seminar series. And Lizzie Shaw PR. Right? Oh, Lizzie Shaw, Shaw PR. There we go. So, so um, wow, we're talking about social networking to a degree. They're actually, you know, uh, physically. But what about social media? Um, is that an important way, do you feel, uh, as a promotional strategy? You know what? I do think it's really important because more than ever, we are living in a really – internet connected world so one of the first things that people will do when they hear your name is they're going to google you so they want to know who you are they want to know what you're dealing with they want to see if you have a website they want to see if you have a twitter handle they want to see if you have a facebook business page if you're a business so that's a business or fan page or now sort of the same thing Mm -hmm. so i do think it's very important if you're trying to make a name for yourself out in the world to be involved in these various social media platforms. And I do think the main ones are, as I was just saying, Twitter and Facebook particularly, but I also think blogging can be a really important way to make sure that when people are looking for you on Google, there's a place for for the search engines to find you, and obviously not just Google. If they're looking on any of the other search engines, you want to do things that get your name out there into the Internet. Mm-hmm. And you you would say blogging is probably one of those things that can help raise your hits on the Internet too, right? Blogging is because it's a great way to throw a lot of keywords into your blog posts, you know, highly searchable terms. You can also do a lot of links, and that's another way to help uh, the search engines find you. And, of course, you want to do it organically. If I write a blog post and I'm mentioning uh, – businesses or products or things like that, I tend to always make sure that there's a link to those things. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I put a lot of keywords in there when I can, and I also make sure that I categorize my blog posts properly and do as many things as I can to help their searchability and findability. Now, what's your opinion on video? You know, uh, we've had a lot of recent guests have talked about how important video seems to be now when it comes to any kind of promotion. What's your opinion on video, and how can people, I guess, make videos without spending, you know, a ton of money? That's a great question because uh, the search algorithms have changed a little bit on Google and even on Facebook. So right now they're very heavily weighting video. So I'm glad you brought that up because I forgot to mention it. Um, I do think it's really important to do videos. I don't think they need to be super slick and expensive. There are people who are putting videos up that are made on their iPhone. I mean, the iPhone Mm -hmm. camera is actually pretty good. Yeah, Uh, 8 megapixel. Yeah. (laughs) Right, and the new iPhones are even better. But 
um, flip cams. Or, I mean, every camera right now has a video function, and if and every computer now has an editing program. But equally, no matter where you live, there are probably film students, or if you know a lot of mm -hmm. teenagers, teenagers are so great at everything technological. Get a teenage pal, or if you have a teenage kid, get them to edit your video for you. One of the things I would say is make sure that your video is three minutes or under. I don't think people have a lot of patience for a long video. Uh-huh. Good advice. For me, it's a case of the cobbler's children have no shoes. I should be doing videos. I just haven't done them because I'm busy working for my clients mm -hmm. more than I am on my own business. But I do a PR tip of the week, and something like that is an ideal little video snippet because yeah. they probably be under two minutes long and I think for a lot of people with businesses you could do some kind of a tip if you have a food related business you could do a little recipe or some little piece about food um, there if you have a cosmetics or skincare business that gives you almost unlimited videos because you can do application techniques or uh, videos about products and what they do and how effective they are. And if you go look around on Vimeo or look on um, YouTube, you will see that some of the most popular videos are clearly somebody sitting in front of their computer and mm -hmm. using the webcam in their computer. The production values are zero. It doesn't really matter. Some of them get millions and millions of hits. It really has to do with your content. And again, when you put up these videos, you want to make sure that there's plenty of keywords in the, in the descriptions so that you can be found. Yeah, I think that's a great point, too, that, you know, I just recently went through a lot of our videos and realized that I had not put links back to our website in them because I think it was just probably a few years ago and, and uh, didn't really you know, the search wasn't as, it wasn't as relevant back then, but, but that's a great idea too for people. If you have YouTube videos, even now go back and just make sure that they're all linked to your website. Well, because, except, except for the ones that you're drunk at the party. Yes. Well, then, do link those to your competitors <laughs> website. now. <laughs> those you should take down, but yes. another thing to do always you guys, and, and I recommend everybody once a year do sort of a spring cleaning of all their social media stuff. And by um, that, I mean, take the time. If you do write a blog and it does have a lot of links go back through your blog post and make sure all those links still work because links can break really easily Good so point. you want to make sure that your links are functioning properly and also you can you know as you guys were saying you can go back to your old videos or old blog posts or other links and go back in and add new links and keywords and tags you really want to make sure you tag everything so you can now go back to your old stuff and make sure it's all up to date and re-tagged. And also, by the way, uh, retweet about that stuff or post about it on Facebook. Even if it was a, a blog post from two years ago or a video from two years ago, uh, there are people who do that periodically. And I, and I do believe that there are programs you can set up if you have a WordPress blog that will periodically mine through your blog posts and repost them. Oh, or, wow. or I guess tweet That's about it or something like that. That's great. But you want to make sure that if you have, like, for example, one of my first blog posts, and I have only been blogging for a little over a year, one of my first blog posts was about business cards. Because I have a lot of opinions about them, and I think most people have terrible business cards. But I realized, you know what, I should probably relink to that blog post a minimum of twice a year. Because I do think that that's information that people continue to need to see. 
Mm -hmm. I think that's great advice because really when you think about it, Twitter is almost like the radio. You're going to get different people every time you tweet. So you can really never tweet the same thing too many times. I mean, you know, you don't want to look spamish. But definitely, that's an excellent idea to go back, especially in these days when we're all so hungry for content. Going back and posting our old, con old content, I think, is a great Brilliant idea. idea. Yeah, for sure. Well, and another reason for doing that, you guys, is, for example, say you follow 500-plus people on Twitter. Mm -hmm. Even if you hit Twitter yourself 10 times a day, most people aren't going to go back more than one or two screens. So mm -hmm. if you're following hundreds of people, your Twitter stream is so big that unless you are constantly checking Twitter, you're going to miss a lot of stuff. Well, the same thing is true for the people who follow you. So for me, again, I haven't worked as hard as I need to work on getting my Twitter followers, but for my hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of Twitter followers – even if they love me and want to pay attention, the likelihood is they're not actually clicking on my Twitter page. They're just seeing me every once in a while pop up in their Twitter screen, I mean, in their stream. So what you want to make sure you're doing is that you're, you're posting your tweets probably five to ten times a day. And the same thing with your Facebook updates, the same thing. If you have hundreds or thousands of fans and friends on Facebook, the likelihood is is most of them are going to miss almost everything that you post. Wow. Good point. I never thought of that. Yeah. Now, speaking of um, finding and tweeting and, and uh, you know, posts and things like that, how can people find those uh, on Lizzie Shaw? How can people find out more about you and the work that you're doing? Well, they can go to my website, which is lizzieshawpr.com. So that's L-I-Z-Z-Y Shaw, S-H-A-W, P-R.com. Um, I blog, so if you go to my website, you can click on the link for my blog and subscribe to that, which would be great. You can follow me on Twitter. So on Twitter, I'm at Lizzie Shaw PR, and I also have a Facebook fan page for Lizzie Shaw Public Relations, and on that, I post stuff that's going on with my clients. I post if I'm appearing someplace or speaking someplace, if somebody ever wants to come see me. I also post information about my Ask Lizzie Calls, which is a subscription twice a month group teleseminar class that I oh. teach. So there are a lot of ways to find me online. And if you Google me, you will find a lot of stuff about <laughs> me on Google, too. So I do work at it, not as much as somebody who is just promoting one business. You know, again, as I was saying, I need to spend the large preponderance of my time promoting my clients. Yes. So my little bit of time that I spend promoting myself, I do try to make as effective as possible. That's excellent. And we'll be sure to have all those links up on our site as well. Well, we have one last question that we like to ask all of our guests, and that is if you have any particular book that you could recommend to our audience, maybe something they haven't read or haven't run across uh, that you recommend as, as being a, a, a can't miss. Well, there are two books that I recommend to everybody, and this is for anybody who has any kind of a business, and they're not well, one is definitely not related to PR, and that is The Essential Business Handbook by Beth Andrus. I think for anybody who wants to launch a business, she basically gives you all the information you need to know about licenses, banking, federal IDs, um, DBAs, all the kind of little nuts and bolts, the sort of, well, she calls it the Essential Business Handbook because it's really the essentials 
uh, awesome. for how to launch any kind of business, not even just a small business. And then a book that I really, really love is called The Toilet Paper Entrepreneur by Mike McCallowitz. I've heard of that one. And I, <laughs> well, he, Mike is amazing, and, and actually he's one of my business coaches. I mean, you know, I pay him money to teach me more about my business and even how to market my own business, which, of course, then helps me marketing my client's business. Yeah. But The Toilet Paper Entrepreneur really teaches you untraditional ways to market and get out there and how you need to be thinking about yourself, your business, how to go forward. I really do think it's a game changer for a lot of people, and I highly, highly recommend that book. That's fantastic. It well, is. thank you so much. Two good choices. Yeah. So you're listening to the Dream Job Radio Show. Our special guest has been Lizzie Shaw. Uh, she is a coach. Uh, she's a consultant. Uh, she's the founder of Ask Lizzie, and uh, she is an entrepreneur. So we really appreciate having you on and giving us such good advice, Lizzie. Well, thank you so much for having me on. Awesome show. Oh, yeah, that was fantastic. Well, I think I'm going to start bragging just a little, you know, about myself, promote myself, you know. Uh, more than you already do. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what's on next week? Well, next week we have a very exciting interview with Mary Greenwood. She is an author of an award-winning book series, uh, and she's going to talk to us about how to interview like a pro. I like that. I want to be able to interview like a pro. Definitely. <laughs> so till next week, this is Daniel Laxton. This is Leah Laxton's. And this is the Dream Job Radio Show. Do you want to do what you want? Do you want better money? Welcome to Dream Job Radio.